welcome to the Audit 15 Fund podcast. My goal with this podcast is to bring relevant internal audit topics to the table at least every 15 days. Today, we're going to be talking with an audit committee chairperson. Her name is Jan Babiak. She's a board member of a portfolio of listed and private companies. And like I mentioned, including audit committee chairperson on some of them. Welcome to the podcast, Jan. It's an honor to have you on. Well, it's an absolute privilege to be here. Thank you. Yes, absolutely. So this is something that I know a lot of internal auditors are going to be curious because they want to know what the audit committee chairperson thinks and uh, what did they care about and what they don't care about. So I'll start right off the bat with my first question. From your experience as an audit committee chairperson and interactions with you know different internal audit departments, what do you guys care about? <laughs> and what you guys don't care about? Well, I, we care about many things. And I guess I'd start with the independence of the internal audit department and the internal audit leader. You know, and this includes having a, what I call, you know, unencumbered um, communication with the audit committee chair and the audit committee, as well as the CEO and maybe even other key leaders. Um, and, you know, and they have to have, you know, complete comfort with this and use that access uh, proactively. In the internal audit space, you know, independence also requires that you have absolute integrity, um, a real good amount of curiosity, and I would say a skeptical mindset that's not prone to complacency or blind trust of your peers within management, which is one of the pitfalls that, that you can fall to. So start with independence. Um, Next, I would say I'm looking for and care a lot about having a strong leader uh, who can ensure that we've got competency within the internal audit department, um, that then this reflects on the quality of their work, the transparency and clarity of their reporting. And, and it evolves over time because, you know, for example, there's a lot more requirements for strong technolog technology use by internal audit than there was before. In today's world, you know, you've got to be not only advanced, but constantly learning and constantly stepping up your game in the technology space. So competency is a, a moving target, so to speak. Um, audit committees, we're also looking for strong communicators and influencing skills. Um, we look that, you know, we want to make sure that internal auditors have established good relationships, but they're, you know, they're not comfortable, so comfortable that they would, you know, um, lose their objectivity. So it's kind of trust, but verify. Um, we care a lot about internal audit being respected, but not necessarily always liked by management. Um, you know, this, this can be visible in management's attitude toward internal and external audit for that matter, and how they respond to finding, respond to findings and the attention that they pay to resolving issues that get raised by internal audit. I mean, I always think it's a really good sign when management is recruiting internal audit team members into management roles. And also when they think having one of their team go on an internal audit rotation is a good thing. So that, you know, that shows a kind of a healthy respect around that. Um, we care a lot about the risk assessment and scope of the work of internal audit, but, but the focus is going to depend on a lot of different things. So in the various audit committees that I have chaired or been on or seen, you know, as a member of a board, you know, it's going to depend, the scope is going to depend on the sector, the market, the geography, the company risk profile, the shareholders, the stakeholders 
interests, the regulatory environment, the competency of management, which can really impact the scope, um, and the internal audit team itself, you know, and any kind of historic threats or, or, or kind of current threats, you know, historic challenges and current th threats. And I, I think on a side note, this all plays into the quick clarity and quality of the internal audit department's mandate or their charter. A good internal audit department, like a good uh, board or a good audit committee, is agile. And it responds to, I always think we have three responsibilities. One is to deal with the required stuff. You know, there are certain things we have to sign off on. And some internal audits sign off on, you know, Sarbanes-Oxley or something like that, um, or regulatory requirements. We then have a secondary one, which is to respond to things that arise, either unexpected or maybe predictable, but, you know, that, that are coming, uh, coming up at a point in time. And then we have to consider the future by looking at the horizon, preparing for that future. And I think internal audit is a really critical partner with the audit committee when you consider all three. And I'll, I'll, I'll give an example of that. Internal audit continued to execute their business as usual program throughout COVID. All my internal audits did their, their, their full programs, but they had to go on a journey of how to do that in a remote way with management being remote, documents being remote and all of that. So that required us to not only do business as usual, but also to respond to an urgent issue. And then at that same time, we were starting to see on the horizon, investor interest in ESG just really rising to the fore. So on, on my boards, three years ago, we were looking at how we were preparing internal audit for auditing ESG in a couple of years. You know, what kind of training were we giving them? How were they getting involved in ma what management was doing in this area? And how were they getting involved as an influencer of standard setters? So all three of those things are all happening in 2020. And I think a good internal audit department recognizes all three of those roles. So that, that kind of long, long answer to what we care about, and I'm sure there's many things that I didn't get, um, but you also ask what we don't care about. I guess that's going to depend on some of those very same things around, particularly around scope. You know, for example, if you're a U.S. domestic only company, the audit committee might not care as much about FX or geopolitical matters um, than a very global company that's dealing with that. You know, if, if you were a company that had big IT outsourcing in the Ukraine in February, that was a big consideration where for others, it was more, is this going to impact our supply chain? Um, and then a professional services, you know, may not pay as much attention to workplace safety as a manufacturer. So, so the, what we don't care about is more about prioritization than anything, than anything else, I think. Awesome. Uh, I was taking notes here and I had to use a second piece of paper because <laughs> <laughs> just good stuff independence, integrity, good amount of curiosity, being a skeptical, you're looking for a leader, someone who's competent, you know, they're always constantly learning, right? Like you mentioned, competency is a moving target. Mm -hmm. And I, and the, the three buckets, the what's required, things that are coming up and, you know, things to consider in the horizon. You mentioned, you know, three years ago, you guys were thinking about ESG. So, and some people are just like, oh yeah, I need to think about GS ESG now. <laughs> and it's so yeah. great, 
you can't audit it if you haven't learned it yourself and had some experiences around it. So you've got, you've got to get ahead of the curve on these things. Yes, absolutely. And I, 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 I'll highlight one last thing here that you mentioned. Respected, but not necessarily liked. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people, you know, are concerned about that, about, oh, yeah, they don't like us. <laughs> But that's, you know, sometimes it's okay. <laughs> well, and, and actually, I actually said not necessarily always like. Always like. You know, okay. Yes. Yeah, because, you know, you want to be liked some of the time. Yeah. There are times, you know, I, I think most people are pretty happy when you come away with a satisfactory review and everything, you say good things about it. But it's, it's those occasions when you've got a more problematic area. And an internal audit's got to be, you know, as I said, they've got to be respected, even even if, you know, maybe somebody may not like the message. Yeah, always. Yes, not always like, yes. Thank you for clarifying yeah. that. <laughs> so no. kind of related to that question, because I think you've covered quite a bit there, but still just thinking about, you know, the companies in which you're involved in and the interactions that you had with like different internal audit departments, thinking of the good qualities that they had, if you could summarize some of those common qualities that they have, what, if you had to describe a great internal audit department, how would you describe it? Well, you know, I, I think the obvious answer in my experience is that a great internal audit department kind of mirrors the things that we care about. So, which I've gone through and then you summarize much more succinctly than, 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 than I did in, in terms of what those are. But I, I do think that this is about a tapestry of things that you bring as opposed to like one silver bullet. You know, if they, if they only had that, they would be great. I think it's, you know, it's, it's broader than that. It is all of these things, independence, competence, good communications, you know, respect, good scoping, you know, and then following through, you know, because I think that's one thing that, you know, is, is also very important that, you know, you've got that reporting on, okay, we had these findings, holding management accountable to that because I do see some where it's kind of you know done and gone and that you know is I don't I think you can't be great unless you're following through with things from that standpoint but otherwise I think it's pretty much the same list that we've just gone through yes yes and I, I like yeah. that it's a tapestry instead of a silver bullet that's a that's, that's right. a good way to summarize it that's Perfect. right. And, and I, and I would say, you know, I like it when I have a head of internal audit who, who is very comfortable calling me, you know, I'll get notes from the heads of internal audit on the companies I'm on where they will just drop me a note and say, can we, can we talk sometime in the next, you know, day or so, or sometimes I need to speak now. And, you know, and, and those, those are the kinds of relationships you want. You don't want one of, you know, oh, you know, I don't want to bother that board member or or whatever, you know. But on the other hand, they need to be, uh, you know, respectful of that. I've always find that people have been, and um, you know, they're not just calling to, uh, you know, to to nitpick or anything like that. So I think those open relationships. I love it also when I hear that the internal head of internal audit is saying, "Well, in my meeting with the CEO, he or she said blah blah blah," and you know, we're so I want them to have a strong relationship there there as well. Yes, absolutely critical for sure. So, uh, well, we'll switch gears here, Jan. Uh, I have a new a new segment for my podcast, which is called the expert to expert question. And I 
invited Tom McLeod, who is the former CAE of Rio Tinto, which is a large mining company, and he's based mm -hmm. in Melbourne, Australia. And he had some mm -hmm. profound questions for you here, Jan. So uh, a couple of questions. The first one is, in what instances would or should a chair of an internal audit committee seek the resignation of the chief audit executive? Certainly. Anytime uh, there's an issue around integrity, ethics, dysfunctionality, or toxic behavior uh, on the part of that chief executive, uh, chief audit executive. Um, and, you know, if they choose not to resign, I think then that the management and uh, the board should take more proactive measures to ensure that they are no longer in that role. So I, I start with the integrity, ethics, and uh, you know, and 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 the behavioral side. Um, I think the other thing would be, you know, if they demonstrated a clear lack of competency uh, around a number of fronts. Now, that doesn't mean they have to be an expert in everything, but it does mean that they have to be able to ensure their team brings that, or they're using a third-party outsourcer or something like that to to bring that. But um, you know blind uh, avoidance of a topic because they don't know it would be another reason to to um, think about um, them moving on. Um, I think also sometimes an organization is moving at such a pace or doing something so different that the person that brought you here isn't the one to take you there. And, you know, I've been in a situation where a U.S. domestic purchased an international and the um, CAE ha didn't have experience with international. And it was going to be such a critical part that it was probably more appropriate for somebody else to to bring on that, to, to take on that role. And then even if this goes to our earlier point about, you know, not always liked. I, th I think there's also a line where you can go across where if you're hated and people are actively working against you, even if you're right, you're not going to be right for that role. And so a, a hostile relationship with management. Now, on occasion, though, that sometimes means management should be changed rather than the, the CIE being changed. And that's part of the board's role is trying to understand, you know, where the problem is and, and how to deal with those. So those, those would be some of the occasions, I would think, that uh, one might consider. Yes, very good. Uh, and like you mentioned at the end, you know, hostile environment. You guys try to understand both sides, right, before making a decision. And I lo I love your answer about the the lack of competency. It doesn't need to be someone who's expert at, at everything, but at least mm -hmm. recognizes that, hey, if I don't have the expertise here, maybe I need to hire someone for this area or just, you know, outsource, just have having yeah. that um, recognition there. So, all right, second question from Tom. In what instances would or should a chair of an audit committee resign themselves over the treatment of a chief audit executive? You know, I think that's an extremely unlikely scenario um, because why would you abandon someone in need? Because, you know, if you're, you're saying they're being treated badly, if I resign, then that's not going to fix that problem. 
So I think your role in that point is to understand why they're being treated bad and to work through the problem as opposed to abandoning ships, so to speak. Now, that said, I would say that how an internal, a, a chief audit executive is treated might be one of many factors that caused a board member to resign, you know, including distrust of management, lack of access to information. You know, I mean, if you felt that you could not execute your job as a board member because of a number of things, um, then I think that would, you know, a board member should think about resigning um, and making it clear why they did so. Now, I said, if it was a one-off, just the audit executive and management was great and we had transparency on everything else, I, I think my job would be to figure out what's going on and then figure out whether we need to modify that behavior or whether we go back to the early one and maybe the chief audit executive isn't the right the right person. Um, so I, I think there's a lot more to be done on that. But just seeing how they were treated wouldn't cause a resignation in, in, in my view. Yes, yes. And I, and I think Tom would agree. And actually, when he asked that question, he's like, I, I recognize that this is like an apocalyptic scenario, but yeah, <laughs> still wanted yeah, to yeah. ask the yeah. question. So yeah. I really appreciate yeah. your time on the podcast, Janet. It was an honor to have you on. Great conversation, great takeaways for all the internal auditors out there from all different levels. Thank you so much for joining, Jen. Well, it was my pleasure, and I I, I hope I I, I get some value to uh, to some of your listeners. And thank you, thank you for doing this. I think it's very good that someone is paying attention to an area that is so important to all of us. Yes, absolutely. Thank you. 